0: Take a look at the Richard Curtis film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm one of your hosts, filmmaker and podcaster Luke Allen, and I'm joined once again with my co-host Robert E.G. Black. Hello, hello. And special guest Katie Proctor. Hi. We're here today to talk about minutes eight and nine of About Time. We open minute eight with a shot of Bill Nye looking really smug. Um <laughs> What we haven't commented on actually is that this is one of the very few times that Bill Nye is like really likeable as a character, or yeah. at least in the stuff that I've seen. Like, I, I know I've seen other things when he has, but I mean, I know like his iconic roles of like, you know, Love Actually and Shaun of the Dead and things like that. Like, he's he's very good at being horrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, yeah. Now, if we get if 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 we ever end up getting Bill Nye on the show and he listens back and hears me say he's good at being awkward and good at being <laughs> don't want to come on?
1: No, I think he'd be happy about that. I think he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, I don't he know. knows who he is, just like <laughs> yeah. his character does.
2: Honestly, if I heard that, I'd be I'd be over
0: the moon. So, because <laughs> I have heard he's a very nice person, so yeah, it's good acting. <laughs> so yeah, we commented already last minute because I last episode because for some reason I said it earlier about the the Amelie poster as Tim walks into his room and we've got this great moment of him sort of walking into his cupboard, into his wardrobe and moving all the clothes out of the way. And I do kind of I like the fact that there's enough in his mind that his dad might not be lying for him to actually go and do go something and do so it. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it is really interesting and even though he's only got the like the one poster in his room that we see, like even his his bedroom feels and looks quite sort of lived in and real
2: yeah
0: from just like the brief set dressing that we get and i think that's the case with like so much well probably because it is like a rental house but also like they seem to put quite a lot of effort in making things look as raw and real Mm -hmm. as possible like Mm -hmm. later on in the film when we go to mary's apartment it's not a big apartment that you tend to see in all the films and tv shows where it's you know massive and they get a to get all the cameras in and all these different rooms. Like, it's literally just a little small room at the top of the stairs. And yeah. That's all it needs to be, because it, it does feel so much more real. So, yes, we have Tim sort of move the clothes away, crouch get into the cupboard. It looks so incredibly awkward, which <laughs> is obviously the point. Then we get a, a quick little sort of flashback through where he's going back in time to. And it's to be noted that... They were going to look for like different special effects to use in the flashback sequence and went to several companies and stuff. But basically, the quick cuts made it feel more normal they were travelling in time than if they were using different special effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they decided to settle on on that.
2: I like that. I think that was a good choice.
0: Yeah, and like the close-ups of his of his fist and of his eyes and that little rising music, like it is. There is just something brilliant about it, and it somehow, yeah, it doesn't make the time travel seem too weird. Yeah.
2: No.
1: And it keeps it simple for later, because this is, I think, the longest one. Yeah. But it has that sound yeah. that we get used to, and so every other time it can just be the sound, and you're like, you know what just happened. Yeah. yeah.
0: We, like I said, we, yeah, we very rarely actually see from this point onwards him going in and clenching his fist, other than maybe when he goes in with Kit Kat later on. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, we just sort of see him walk off, hear the noise, and. I'll Apparently it was nearly an entire day shoot in the cupboard. <laughs> uh, Richard Curtis was sort of very specific in directing, saying you're shutting your eyes too hard or too little, and <laughs> getting very wow. specific on this. But it's just sort of brilliant. And as he sort of steps out the cupboard, and then the realisation that he's wearing the other clothes, I think is sort of a, that great sort of look down and jolt and yeah. shock. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. And I, I'm kind of intrigued as to like what happened to the other. I mean, we're not supposed to consider these sort of things. But what happened to the other? Yeah, Tim, and like, you know, where where he went? Because supposedly, at some point, he went upstairs into the cupboard, yeah, into the wardrobe. But it's it's even weirder when you get to the points of what happened to the other baby and things like that <laughs> later on. Yeah. But I think it was it was definitely commented on in the commentary around the baby point, as to basically let's just try not and think try not to think about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I said, it's it's time travel in a very simple way. The rules are set up and then kind of forgotten about slash broken later on in the film. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter. Like, any other film, I feel like it would bug me. But because that's not the point of the film. No. It's yeah. It's just... It's just fine, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so at this point, Tim realises that he's at the party. And we, we get this great sort of Dutch angle as he's going down the stairs where our thing ends. Like it's a really nice tilted angle, which I hadn't really noticed before. Yeah, as he um, sneaks
1: back downstairs.
0: <laughs>
1: well, as far as he knows, even if he succeeded, there could be another Tim down there.
0: Know, he voice. doesn't know yeah. how this
1: works. Yeah,
0: it is interesting that supposedly it was on his mind as such an embarrassing thing that he didn't kiss her. That that was the moment he decided to go back in time to. <laughs> yeah, it, first time around. Well, wasn't it only last night? Yeah. So, so it's fresh, you know. It's yeah, it's fresh in tinker. his mind, but it's but it's not like he go. It's not like he gives any other thought to or oh, what other points because I go. Like it's literally just this it just happens, last night yeah. was terrible. Yeah. I need to, which I think says a lot about what we find out later on about Tim's sort of search for love. Yeah, you know, that this is what's important to him, and it's a kind of a shame that we don't see Polly at any other point after this in the film, really. Yeah. Because she could have been quite an interesting character. It's so significant yeah. as well, the um, fact that that's
2: the moment that he chooses to sort of go back and rewrite.
0: Yeah. Actually, Katie, it'd be good to get your opinion on this, because we are discussing it yeah. uh, last week. Is the idea, at the party, are these Kit Cats friends, or do, like, the mum and dad have loads of young friends? Yeah. Because Tim doesn't seem to know them all. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, just...
2: especially because, obviously, later, you see, when he goes back with Kit Kat and traces that moment to be the moment where everything sort of goes downhill from her. I wonder who... Yeah, who, who knows are? Jimmy?
0: Where did yeah, Jimmy come from? Yeah, who are they? <laughs> and
2: why is it she only just met him now and why is that the significant moment? Like, I've never thought about that before. But clearly they aren't his friends. So yeah, where does he come from? Where do they all come from?
1: Or are these all like the 20-something kids of their parents' friends and there's a, a, another room with all of the adults? Like all the parents are off in their own party out back. <laughs>
0: That's true because we don't see the mum and dad at this party. Do we? Well, we see yeah. the dad
1: dancing briefly.
0: Yeah, oh, we see him dancing yeah. briefly. Well, he's he, he's the one of them who would join in. Yeah, like, like you, you could imagine that you know Mary's off in the other room catching up over a cup of coffee or something. Yeah, you know, it could, it, I guess, it could be the, the case, but it is, it is just kind of intriguing as to how many young people are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it looks once again, it gives you that sort of. Almost idealistic and sort of picturesque view because you've got the picturesque village. Uh, well, not village, it's a picturesque area they're living in and the house and everything. And the idea of all these people and all these big parties. Like at the moment, it seems like the perfect life. Yeah, I feel like there don't seem to be many houses like around either. Is it not, it's not like They've got like a. They say it's not like they've got a next door neighbor that they invite. Yeah, like, you know well, got a...
1: They always show the house from the back, and so we can't see the neighborhood. If you showed this house from the front, I think the other houses are actually kind of close.
0: Ah. also apparently it was uh, very difficult for them to film on the beach because it's often used as a naturist beach <laughs> oh, wow. and that caused a lot of... <laughs> are we ready to move straight on to minute nine or um, any I, other I just had
1: one one thing the the flashes I want to pay attention to them in the future because I, I, this was the first one so I was like paying attention to it. here's the order of things and they go backward in order and then toward the end they kind of come forward again like he's focusing in on a thing I'm wondering if that's deliberate and they do it every time so Figure it out later.
0: That is interesting. Yeah. And apparently, like, when i was listening to the commentary, like, Donald Gleason was. Uh, he thought that the shot of him, like, clenching his fist in his eyes and everything must have been, like, sped up. But it's not, apparently. No, really? No. I really. I know that, that's possibly completely random and uninteresting, but it's just. <laughs> uh, apparently, he was just acting very fast, as Bill Nye said. Um, <laughs> like, generally, the banter between them all is. Incredible, yeah. yeah. Like Bill Nye's first scene, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it's basically one where he has no lines and he's in the background, and they're all saying, "Oh, you completely slipped out a character there." <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, the chemistry between the cast is amazing. I mean, obviously in the film, like you can see the relationships between them; they feel so real. Like, I can only just imagine the fact that they must have got on so well because it, it feels very, very like natural, not forced at all.
0: Yeah, and it, I wonder whether that sort of family dynamic is because like Richard Curtis as a director and as a writer has his family on board in the production. Yeah. So like his son, well two sons I think, one of his sons is at the party and his other son plays young Tim at the end of the film Hmm. and his his wife's the script editor and producer. Mm -hmm. So like I wonder whether because he's got his family there it kind of makes it feel like a sort of family dynamic almost. I don't know.
2: Yeah I think it'd be interesting to hear about the casting process and the way of how they went about it because obviously the actors are all incredible as actors but the the dynamic between them and the way that they all sort of slurk together as a family or as like the different relationships between them it's just like the casting is I think impeccable, Like I, I think it's really interesting the way that it all just fits together perfectly, not only with the actors being perfect for the characters in my opinion but the way that they all work together
0: yeah The casting director will definitely be an interesting person to try and contact and see whether they'll come on and talk about it. So then we move on to minute nine. Yeah, we sort of go straight into the party on minute nine, Mm -hmm. where uh, Jay greets Tim once again. And it would be interesting, interesting, but a waste of time even for me to compare the two scenes side by side and see how similar they are. But I'd imagine they're pretty close.
1: Well, if they're smart, they filmed the two versions.
0: Yeah, I was going to say they do them mm-hmm. right in a row
1: with the back. The extras knew what to do.
0: Yeah, there'd be literally no reason for them not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we sort of move straight over there, and Tim looks even more awkward than before because obviously, I mean, as you said before, you know, he could at this point be on the lookout for other Tim. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we do briefly catch a shot of Jimmy uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Which, once again, Jimmy, it took me way too long to realise who it was who plays Jimmy. Me too. <laughs> it's like it's Albert from Victoria. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I watched a time way before I watched Victoria. Then I watched Victoria and came back, watched
0: it again, didn't even click. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, do you, do you get Victoria in the States, Robert? Or if we do, I
1: haven't seen it. I don't know.
0: Okay. You're going to shoot from us saying Victoria and Albert. It's just a drama about Queen Victoria. Right, yeah. And and he plays yeah. that. I only watched it because Jenna Coleman was in Same. it, to be <laughs> I don't think I watched Series 3, but it is just... It is kind of weird as to how different Tom Hughes is in this. Yeah. And I think this is his normal type of role, because he's in um, Ricky Gervais' film Cemetery Junction as well. I think he's one of the leads in that. And I weirdly get Tom Hughes and Luke Treadaway mixed up quite a lot. I don't even... Think they're that similar when I think about it, but for some reason they always get mixed up in my head. Can it? Can anyone? Can either of you see any reason I get those two confused, or is it just a strange thing?
2: I <laughs> feel <laughs> like it's just one of those things because I confuse people all the time. I speak to my parents or friends, and they're just like, Casey, where did you get that from?"
0: So yeah, so we sort of see Tim coming into the party. Most of the the dialogue on the transcript is just like little things he's he's saying. No, you're right, Tim. Yes, yeah, good ace, yeah. And then we move on to Midnight and The Kiss, and he just goes, like, full-on straight in (laughs) this time. Mm -hmm. Incidentally, must be something to do with, like, licensing and stuff. I Will Always Love You is not on the soundtrack album. I've
2: never Um, noticed that. I listen to the soundtrack all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's become, like, a permanent fixture of my dog walks, to be honest. (laughs) I listen to it. Golden Them Hills especially in this tar- in like this current climate is a really good song to listen yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and I mean it might, I'm going to try and contact like Ron Sexsmith and some of the people who did the songs as well and see. Nice. Even though the songs aren't written for the film it'd be good to get their perspectives. And apparently Jimmy Fontana did Il Mondo passed Away shortly after the film came out. But Richard Curtis was asked to write a bit for his obituary after the film. Oh um, really? Which is so obviously, you know that must have been quite major to Jimmy Fontana that it was used in a film, I guess. Mm. And we'll move on to discussing more about Mondo when we get to that bit in another episode, I assume. So yeah, so we go on to the to the kiss, which takes up a good few of the seconds in this scene, to be honest. And then yeah, I I like how I like how she just says thank you, Tim. <laughs> yeah. And you're welcome. Like it, I I do like that sort of exchange where it's like. They both knew that there was nothing more to come of it, yeah. almost. Yeah. It was just to make things less awkward. Yeah. And it's just sort of the fact that Tim does just sort of feel, look look as though he feels that he's just, you know, helped someone out.
1: <laughs> well, and she looks so happy after.
0: Yeah, because so she looks like her, like how happy she is, is like one of the main bits I remember from this. Yeah. And then we cut briefly to Kit Kat and Jimmy, who were kissing at that point. Yeah. And it's it's obviously so insignificant at this point. So it's nice that mm-hmm. we get that to call back to later on. Yeah, I'm just looking through the the um, other door in Tim's room. Is, is it like an ensuite? It must be an ensuite bathroom or something. I had never noticed that there was an open door in his room before. Uh, well, it wasn't open morning.
1: until he went back to the party. There was one of the changes in the room.
0: Good, good spot. <laughs> <laughs> so supposedly someone's been up there and used his ensuite bathroom. Then I guess. Yeah.
1: Or he has. I guess we, we don't know exactly yeah. where he was. We know when Jay grabs him the first time, Tim was sitting at the bottom of the stairs. So he grabbed him in the same basic spot. But maybe Tim had just come from upstairs. Mm. So maybe he did pick that's a time true. where he was already in his room.
0: That's true. Interesting. And I guess maybe the ensuite bathroom is also there from it uh, from the house actually being a rental house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because it does always... I do kind of acknowledge, even though I was said before about how sort of lived in the room looks, it does also, it's it's quite minimal still, like to the extent of, he's got like one poster up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's kind of, at least I can imagine that kind of rare. Like it's sort of like you either have posters up or you don't, like the idea of just, Well at least we only see one, we don't see the other side of the room, do we? No. Not yet. Maybe never, no. Well, we, we we get we get the shot a couple of minutes ago where like he's lying in bed, but you don't really see much other than his face. I think point. there's
1: another there's another poster next to the omelet one because we saw Kit Kat walk in front of them last I'm gonna, week.
0: I'm going to go back to last week's minute right now. So looking at it, there's not a poster next to it, but there's like a a chest of drawers and a very old TV. Yeah. Um. And there seems to be a framed picture of something, possibly a younger Tim. And then, like, a teddy bear. That's about it. Looking at this, I can sort of get the idea that the house is, like, a a rental house. Because it has got that style of decor to it, really. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It just makes me hope that if I ever get the chance to go there, that they haven't changed too much of it. (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be annoying, to go, go and stay at the house from about time, and then it just... You know, like it's the same room, but everything's moved around, and <laughs> they've changed the wallpaper or something. Yeah, you. St- I mean, you still get the exterior. I'd still project a film on the outside wall. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything more before we wrap up this episode? I didn't look when this is-
1: up, so I'm wondering if maybe it's just a British thing. You both know what? Do you know what Bestival is? Is that famous?
0: When- when's that? He's got mentioned. a
1: poster for it. It's near the near the wardrobe.
2: No. Uh, no, I have
0: no idea. I don't know, but then
2: I'm not very, like, <laughs> pop culture-y. So.
0: But by the looks of things, Tim isn't either, That's
2: really. That's true. <laughs> you make a good point there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, interesting, because I hadn't heard of that.
2: Yeah.
0: And I think the, the Amelie poster says a lot as well. Yeah. Like, it's still mainstream enough for him to not be, like, a film nerd, but he's also not just watching, like... It's not like a poster for a recent film or like a Marvel film or something like that. Yeah. It, you know, it's still... And I think that does sort of say quite a lot about Tim. Like, Tim seems like the kind of guy who would have watched Amelie.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think Donald Gleason says there's something like to do with the themes of Amelie and the themes of About Time that he wanted to connect it. I haven't seen Amelie, to be honest. So I haven't I either. <laughs> oh,
1: you'd probably like it.
0: I've got the DVD, I just haven't watched it yet. so I, I may watch it tomorrow.
1: So, I looked it up. Festival is a music festival held on the Isle of Wight.
2: Ah, right.
0: So, unless you've got any final notes, where can our listeners find you on social media?
2: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It, the handles are just my name, Katie Proctor, but Katie is with two eyes.
1: Robert E. G. Black on social media and Lemmingdrops.com if you want to find links to my shows and blog and
0: random things. And then the listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero. On Instagram at the Ginger Luke, all my content is available at lukeallen.co.uk, and this show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Men's About Time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and we hope you'll tune back in to hear us on Friday. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahoney and is a cover of the About Time theme, originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions.